Welcome to the Swimming From Home talk show. I'm here with Bob Bowman. Um, so, so the last time you had a swim meet was the Men's Pac-12 Championships. Yeah. Can you take me through how you kind of thought both women's and men's Pac-12s went and then kind of the next couple weeks um, after that, kind of how everything escalated? Sure. Well, I'll start with the women, and we had a really good meet. Um, some pretty significant times by Emma Nordine, uh, you know, to kind of lead the country and the 500 uh, and did a solid 200 as well. I think I'm like a lot of people. I didn't have her fully ready for Pac-12s. Yeah. So, and she trained beautifully when she came home. So we were expecting some pretty big drops at NC2As that we're not going to get. But So I was very happy with that. But as a whole, the women's team swam quite well. We broke a number of school records um, and set ourselves up for the big group going to NC2A. So I feel like we accomplished pretty much all of our objectives on that side. Um, on the men's side, we just had probably the best meet we've had since I've been at ASU at Pac-12s. Um, particularly in the relays, we were the top 10 in every relay. Uh, I think we were second in the 200 medley, uh, third in the 400 free relay in, in the you know psych sheet for NC2As. So we're very happy, not only with uh, those, but that the whole team really improved and made significant improvements over their lifetime best in that meet. So I was very, very happy with that. Yeah. Um, when we got home, we just started our normal preparation like we would for NC2As. And then I guess on Thursday, we found out it wasn't going to happen. So things really just sort of shut down. But I feel like we were fortunate to have a championship meet where we really did well. And that kind of set us up, it will set us up for whatever comes next. Yeah. So what, so I guess the, all the college kids are at home, I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then your, but your, um, your post-grads or pros are still able to train. Is that correct? One time a day. Yeah. At okay. least for now. And it's kind of day to day. Uh, we're yeah. thinking our governor may make an announcement today. So okay. we're fortunate to have been able to do that. Uh, with six people. So that's been at least some little bit of normalcy for them. And, uh, you know, we'll keep doing it as long as we can, because I think it's very low risk. There's six people in a huge facility that's, you know, constantly being deep cleaned. So we stay away from each other and just try to get a little work done. Yeah, definitely. What, uh, so before the announcement that the Olympics were officially going to be postponed, how, how were you in that group kind of, kind of handling that day-to-day? -day? Well, I think we, we just assumed it would be, you know? Okay. There were two yeah. options, really. It's either going to be postponed or canceled. So we were focusing on the positive one, which would be <laughs> postponement. Uh -huh. uh, and I, I think they sort of understood the dynamic. And with the exception of Allison, who, you know, was thinking this would be it this summer for her, I think mm -hmm. everyone else was pretty much looking forward to what was going to happen next year anyway. So for them, it probably didn't impact them as much. Okay. And then, yeah, so how, how has that group reacted at all since, since that an official announcement that it's going to be postponed to next summer? I mean, I think they just kept going. Pretty yeah. much what all of us are doing right now, put one foot in front of the other and just not try to think about it too much, but you know, just try to take a step forward take a deep breath, which is what the postponement allowed us to do, right? Mm -hmm. the, the training we're doing is not performance training. It's kind of stay healthy training and just keep it going long enough till we can get to a point where we can get back into a serious training mode. So I think that's where they were mentally too. 
we just wanted to give them a little break and allow them to sort of just reflect and kind of catch their breath before we move on. Yeah. Have, have you done any reflection with, with all this, with all this change that's happened in the last few weeks? Yeah, a ton. You know, I think one of the things that we get into in swimming is, you know, and your website helps with this a lot. We, we operate on absolutes, right? There's going to be an Olympics. There's going to be a trials. There's going to be a meet. Somebody did this in the Knoxville pro swim. So they're definitely <laughs> going to do this at trials. Right. <laughs> so, this has been great because all of that's out the window, right? Yeah. We can just take a break from kind of that stuff. But that's, you know, for me, I think as a coach, one of the things that I've struggled with personally over the years is the unforgiving sort of consistency of the schedule if you want to be really good. So I would say that I've probably not gone on trips, not taken time off, been really upset if we missed a practice, right, for lightning or some reason. And this kind of just makes you think about, you know, it could be a whole lot worse. And there are a lot bigger things in swimming. And it just sort of puts things back into perspective for me where, yeah, I'm taking that trip next time because we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, right? Yeah. We don't know what next year is going to bring. So I think it's just giving me a little better insight that way. Yeah. Has that kind of trickled down into your um, day-to-day maybe yet or day-to-day in these last couple weeks? Yeah. I would say yes. I'm actually getting to do some stuff that I never get to do. Uh, you know, spend a lot of my daytime with my grandkids. I get to go over there. You know, that's part of my social isolation, my house, their house. Yeah. <laughs> and I've uh, gotten to actually get in the pool with them a little bit, which is a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been able to do some reading. I started taking master class, you know, the thing you see on Facebook all the time or online. I actually did a couple. So okay. it's, it's been really good. Nice. What, if you don't want to share, that's fine. But what master classes are you ta- have you taken? The first one I did is Fundamentals of French Pastry. Ooh. I know it sounds crazy, but I just love the kind of, I like baking. It's very, you know, uh, precise. You mm-hmm. have to follow all the steps, kind of like training swimmers. Yeah. And, uh, so I started with that one. Cool. Um, so, so from an Olympic perspective, you know, you've been on several staffs. You, you were the head coach in 2016. Um, I was hoping maybe you could give some insight into, you know, the Olympics being postponed one year. What are maybe some of the, the back-end things that goes into moving an Olympics one year that, that wow. some might not see? It's like you don't even know, right? Um, there are so many parties who are part of this, right? So there's mm-hmm. – Tokyo, the city, there's the organizing committee, there's the IOC, there are the federations that are part of that and help determine how the different sports work, like FINA. Uh-huh. Um, there are municipalities, there are the people who sold the village, right? You know, who yeah. made it and have now <laughs> sold them for housing. We're going to have to deal with that a year right. later. So I just think the number of entities that go into any kind of, of these things is amazing. I actually had a talk with Mike Unger from USA Swimming who organizes our trials. And he was telling me that, you know, he's probably talking to 13 different groups about what we're going to do with our trials. <laughs> it's crazy. It's not just two people saying, Oh, we'll do it next, you know, next year, same time. It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a Herculean task and all the credit to, you know, Tokyo and IOC for seeing that we need to do that. And I think we're going to have to be a little patient as this goes, because the process might not be as, cut and dried as we all think it should be 
Yeah. Do you, do you think it's a, do you see it as a good thing that, you know, now that the dates are official, it's, it's just basically one year later as opposed to another season or something? Yeah. I was like, I was very fearful. It would be like April. (laughs) What do you do with that? (laughs) Don't have a college season, right? We just give that. I don't know. (laughs) So I was very happy to have it in the summer where our sort of normal rhythms are. Mm -hmm. And I think it'll be good for our athletes, all the athletes is where it should be. Yeah, definitely. Do you foresee trials being in a similar time then? If that is the case. Yeah, it may not be exactly, but I do foresee it being in very similar time. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we're going to change that. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so is in terms of NCAA and your collegiate team, do you know anything about what that might look like moving forward? I'm, I'm guessing that school's out for the rest of the year. It is. Pac-12 said today no organized activities until May 31st, which is basically the end of our school year. Okay. Yeah. And and so that's pretty much that's pretty much all you know as a coach right now, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's all I know. We're hoping that's it and by the time we get through the summer we can start up again and yeah. uh, you know, but you can't really know at this time. Yeah. Gotcha. So, um so for for all these athletes who aren't able to swim, do, do you think that might turn out being a positive for, I guess, just generally the sport of swimming moving forward? I think it can be. And, you know, one of the things I get to do in all this time I have is walk a lot, <laughs> think about stuff, listen to music. <laughs> and I was thinking the other day how this time away, it's just like a giant pause, right? Everybody just pause. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I think some really useful reflection and perspective is going to come out of this that you know there's life without swimming you know I used to not think that right I'm still here for some reason (laughs) and um we can all take a time away and when we come back we'll appreciate it much much more you know I couldn't wait right now to go to 6 a.m practice and have my whole team walk out there and try to get them in the water right that would be the best thing I could do and when we do get back to that point, it's going to mean twice as much as it ever did before because of this time. So I, I feel like there are some good things psychologically that can come out of this. I think there are a lot of good things physically if they learn how to find other modalities to kind of stay in shape. Usually swimmers are always carrying these nagging injuries, you know, shoulder, knee, something. Yeah. So here's a great chance to erase all that, right? And just start fresh. So I think there are some physical reasons it might be good for us as well. But in general, I think it's just made everybody look at life differently. And when we go back to what we perceive as normal, we'll really appreciate it a lot more. Yeah. So, you know, I think swimmers, like you said, there's, there's no, the calendar, the, the, the amount of consistency is, is, can be backbreaking. You know, it's like there's, there's very few breaks in swimming. Um, and I think one fear from a lot of athletes is like, oh, if I stay out of the water too long, you know, cause I, I don't, I have no idea when pools might reopen. I don't think anyone does at this point. It could be months. Um, but you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to lose all my feel for the water. I'm going to stay out of shape. You know, what do you, what do you, as a coach who's been around swimmers a long time, you know, if, say let's, let's say people were 
worldwide allowed to get back in the pool June one. Yeah. You know, and you had a group of swimmers come in who have have stayed in very good physical shape but haven't swam. What do you think might that might look like moving forward? Well, if they have good feel for the water, they're going to have it when they come back. I don't think that's I don't think some of you train into somebody they either have it or they don't. Right? Boomer has yeah. good feel for the water. I don't know how he got it. Right? <laughs> you know how he got it. But you know, I didn't train that into him. He just has it. So that won't go away with these top level swimmers. Um, and those that have, you know, done a good job training for years up to this point, there's a residual amount of infrastructure in their bodies that isn't going away either. Mm-hmm. There are capillaries and stuff like that that are there. Now they have to be kind of reawakened when we get back in. But I, I think that we all get into this mode where we feel like if we miss anything, then the whole thing is ruined. And that's not true at all. I feel like when we get back, we're going to be able to sort of slowly build up, kind of work on their technique and get them back into it. And I bet that people will be back into a training mode um, quicker than they think. That's just what I think. I mean, we'll have to see, but I I don't think it's going to be, you know, I've had people take, Michael took a whole year off, right? Right. And it, it took him a while to get back, but that's because he got really heavy and didn't do anything on the year off. Yeah. You know, if he came back now when he's been on a Peloton every day and he's you know, lifting weights and stuff, it would be a much quicker process. So if people can kind of stay in shape and just stay strong, I think that's important. And everyone can do that. Everybody can do a push-up, right? You see it, you know, see 10, do 10. <laughs> see 100, do 100, whatever you want to do. But right. I think they can do that. And if they do it, the swimming part will take care of itself. Yeah. What have, have you incorporated anything into your exercise regime <laughs> well i've done a ton of walking like i walked 12, yeah. miles, 12 miles the other day i was oh, wow. swimming and because we have access to asu i have been getting in and doing like 800 meters every now and then long course kills you oh my god <laughs> so yeah. i was normally going about 2000 into short yards but i would go 800 long course i've done that a couple times uh-huh. um and i'm trying to do some body weight exercises but you know I'm carrying my grandkids as some 30 pound weights we do and wrestle and climb and all that ride bikes. Uh-huh. So just try to stay active. Yeah. Which I think is one, one fun thing about this is that it kind of takes the pressure off of having these scheduled or regimented workouts. And exactly. Just can, yeah. It's exactly. amazing the amount of people who are out on the streets walking. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I used to walk before you'd see two people. Now it's 20. Right. Yeah. On my neighborhood. <laughs> I don't know any of them. I don't know where they come from. They <laughs> and you keep your distance, but yeah, yeah everyone, everyone's right. walking. Yeah. It's, I, I, you know, I'm in Austin. It's the same way, you know, it's like you see, I don't really see less people on the street. They're just more distanced. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I talked with um, Brad Tandy the other day yeah. and he gave me a piece of information that I have to ask you about. So he said, that Grant House is in the sprint group and that Giles Smith is in your group with yeah. Haley and Allison. Can uh-huh. you, can, and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> that, that flipped everything that I thought was That's my true. reality. Yeah, Giles has been with me since he came here. And uh, Brad, you know, uh, Grant, we decided to change after the meet in um, January. Mm-hmm. Because he had had several meets in a row where, He's doing a lot of training and 
the meets just didn't match up to the training, right? Like not mm-hmm. even close. He swam way worse in the meets than he did in the training. Okay. So he had been in that sort of program for two years, I guess, two and a half. And we just felt like we needed to switch it up, mm-hmm. you know, like I just wanted to completely kind of change his day-to-day environment and see how it went for a while. So after Knoxville, we did that until Des Moines. Okay. And he did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely helped him a little bit. So we're just kind of staying with that for a while during this period till we figure out what we're going to do. But yeah. so that's how that works. Now, Giles came in and he wanted to do, he wanted to know what he could do to change his 100 fly. And if you looked at his results for about five years, he basically swam the same time all the time, mm-hmm. right? 52-5, 52-6, all the time. And we're talking about, well, what are you going to do to change? If you keep doing the same stuff, you're going to get the same result, right? So we decided we would try to give him some metabolic work, right? Not like what Haley does. I mean, come on, get real. There's a third of it, right? But he would do some stuff and we would also try to work on his swimming so that he would swim the race where he finished a lot stronger. And I think you've seen that in the last couple of times he's been swimming. That's actually been quite good. Um, and of course, once we got the back half done, his start was terrible in the last meet. So that cost him going 51. But anyway, we have stuff to work on. But yeah, he's been in that group and I think it's been really good for him and he feels good about it and he's getting something he hasn't had in a very long time. And I think the whole picture when you put it together will be a lot better. Yeah. We'll see. That's awesome. I mean, I'll give you another example. I was just thinking about in my walks, right? Okay. Uh, The college team, right? Mm -hmm. So we have three main kind of groups in the college team. And that's one of the things I think we did very, very well this year, right? Mm -hmm. We finally got the training, the right coaches with the right groups, the right athletes. And so we have three groups and, you know, I don't like labeling people like sprint or distance or anything. So each group is a fruit. There's apples, oranges, (laughs) and mangoes. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. So the apples are kind of what you would say is the shorter middle distance people, right? Like 100 of stroke. Maybe they do a 200. Maybe they do a 50. You know, they're they're kind of the shorter middle distance. And Rachel Stratton Mills and Derek Schmidt work with those guys. Okay. And then you have the oranges. And the oranges are the upper level middle distance and distance. So kind of like my MBAC group, right? That's why Mm -hmm. I was so excited to do this because I finally get to be in my area. (laughs) And that's people who do like – 200, 500 free, 400 IM, and then you have your distance people. So that's okay. kind of a big group, but Logan Herka coaches that with me. Uh-huh. And then you have the mangoes, which are Herbie. That's the short distance people. And they're really just 150, but some 200 people in there. <laughs> and the thing that I love about what we did this year was take our 200 medley relay, right? Mm-hmm. Rank number two behind Cap. You know, it was a pretty good heat at Pac-12. Yeah. Um, it was a good heat, the, the 400 medley, too, but we both got DQ'd, us and Cal. <laughs> right, <crazy>. yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was a good time. 302, that's a hell of a good relay. Yeah. But the backstroker comes from the apples, Zach Pody. Mm-hmm. He's 100% with the apples. Our breaststroker, Elijah Warren, is 100% in the mangoes, you know, swimming over there with, you know, the sprinter. Yeah. Um, Cody Bybee, who is the butterflyer, spent half the time in the oranges. He had, was actually in every group at some point this year. He had a rotation where he was visiting everywhere. But he kind of ended up at the end 
you know, with the mangoes, but he spent the first half of the year with the oranges because he thought he needed that, right? Mm -hmm. He did Christmas training with the oranges. Okay. Not sprint training, but anyway. <laughs> but our guy on the end, Jack Dolan, he sp was exclusively in the oranges. Our best, I'm, I'm a sprint coach. My best 50 guy went 18.5 and 18.6 in the orange group, right? <laughs> so we did a good Yeah. And he's there be not because of that. He's there because he wants to train for 200 meters and he should, right? Yeah. And yeah. he's young, he's a freshman, he's developing, Pac-12 freshman of the year. But we were able to work as a program to find the right spot for the right people at the right time and not be just locked into, well, that's what you do, that's what you do, that's what you do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really paid off, and there are just a ton of stories like that. Carter Swift, our second best 200 guy, swims exclusively in mangoes. He never oh, swims yeah. in orange or apple. <laughs> The other, if you're, if you're an orange, you are either a clementine, which means you do a mile, or you're a tangerine, which means you go the two and four. <laughs> if you're in the apples, you're a macintosh or you're a gala. There's two things, I think. Okay. That's what they call. Yeah. And then the mangoes, there's just only one mango. There's so one. Mango. <laughs> but Fridays, we have fruit salad. Everybody trades together and we do a big kick set. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. But anyway, uh, it kind of speaks to what you're saying with Giles and, you know, uh, Grant, right? Yeah. We just try to find the right place for them at the at a given time and hopefully have a you know an eye on the long term goal of what we're trying to do with them. Mm. That's which yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I don't know what it's about, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um well cool. Any any closing thoughts you've got, Bob? I think everybody just stay positive. Try to read something every day. That's my advice. You know? That's something that a lot of us who have these jobs where you're kind of on the go all the time, you don't do. Mm -hmm. Now's the perfect time to do it. Listen to some music and read every day. Yeah. That's well, it. cool. Thanks a lot for your time, Bob. Glad to do it, Coleman.